Welcome back to another fabulous episode of Dr. PPR. I'm your host, Henry Markin. Of course, I'm also the Dr. PPR. That's PPR as in points per reception, not Dr. Pepper and definitely not Dr. PP. I specialize in fantasy football healthcare. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is September 19th, and week two of the NFL is officially behind us. Uh, new thing they're doing in the NFL. I don't know if this is going to be a thing all year, but two games on Monday Night Football. We have two games next week as well. That's exciting. That gives you uh, something to feel on a Monday night. Instead of just burning a candle at the end of the week, you can watch two NFL games You know, to feel something, which is great. Uh, but you could be feeling like shit, though, if you accidentally, well, not accidentally because you purposely drafted them, but just so happened to draft one of the running backs that exploded this weekend and not a good explosion. We've had some big injuries. Uh, finally, you get to see me as a, as the true doctor in his, in his purest medical form here on Dr. PPR. I'm going to give you some, uh, I'm going to give you some bad news. So Saquon Barkley, who... Uh, was uh, carted off or left the game against the commanders or whoever the hell they played. Who the, who the, who did they play? Cardinals. They played the Cardinals. Good God. It, it felt like they played the commanders. It was a good game. The giants played the Cardinals. Hello. Good morning. They almost lost to the Cardinals and uh, Saquon was taken off. He'll only be out a couple of weeks. It's just uh, the pretty gnarly ankle sprain, but the good news is you will get him back. If you have Nick Chubb, the results weren't as good. Uh, he is done for the year. Pretty gnarly knee injury he had against the Steelers right in front of the end zone, too. I don't know if you're that kind of a guy where you watch a player get hurt and you think about his personal well-being or your fantasy team, but whatever you chose to uh, feel in a given moment when a player gets hurt, he did not score a touchdown, and he was on track to have a really good game and a really good season. He will be done for the year. Tough shit! If you drafted him early, damn it, I'm, 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 I feel sorry for you because I was very high on Nick Chubb. I thought Nick Chubb was just going to benefit tenfold this year, having Deshaun Watson run that offense and he could just get so many red zone scores. It's tough. Um, sorry. I know I was pretty high on him and I told you to draft him before a couple of receivers. So my bad, but what are you going to do? I mean, it's injury. It's football. You can't blame the doctor. Right, I mean it's not it's not my fault, but I'm sorry if you took my advice and got him. Uh, he is done for the year. But the good news is, there are solutions. If if you are unfortunate enough to have had Nick Chubb on your team and needed points from him last night, and he got hurt before he could do anything. Shucks, but it's not over. There are options. Also, if you're in that Saquon Barkley field, you have options too. So. Right off the back, Jerome Ford is the running back in Cleveland now. Uh, he's he was Chubb's backup, and I still think that offense is is gonna do some damage this year. There were some unfortunate situations that happened to Cleveland. Pittsburgh scored two touchdowns last night from defense. One was a bullshit interception that hit six different hands before it finally ended up in in uh, Highsmith the Steelers' hands. And he took that to the house. Um, and that's too bad. I mean, as Deshaun Watson, he put it, he put in the guys, he put in receivers hands and it, it should have hit the ground, but nope, it stayed up. Never good. And, uh, house call. The second touchdown was a total collapse in the, 
and the pressure and the line and Watson got smoked and TJ Watt housed a fumble recovery for six. So that was two different touchdowns scored by the defense for Pittsburgh. I'm not saying Cleveland is, well, first of all, I'll say this. I'm not saying that Pittsburgh is inept offensively, but they're just not that good on offense. Their defense is great, obviously. Uh, Cleveland is a much better team than how they looked last night too, by the way. Even Nick Chubb being gone, I still think this Cleveland team could make a serious uh, play to win that division. Uh, already, it's a pretty uh, just clogged division. With if the worst team is the Bengals, like technically the Bengals are the last place team in the AFC North. I don't think they're the worst team in that division, but according to the standings, if the Bengals aren't last, that is a very dangerous division. I still think Cleveland could make some noise all year, possibly a playoff team. We'll see. And I think Jerome Ford is going to be a good pickup. If you if you lost Nick Chubb, you should really go after Jerome Ford and um, and do whatever you can to get him. However, I don't think you should be going after the Giants' backup running back. No, if you actually lost Saquon Barkley for a couple of weeks and are just so happen to be struggling at quarterback, I think a really good grab for you isn't going after the Giants' backup running back or any running back in the Giants at all. You should go after Daniel Jones. And this works perfectly if you have a really shitty quarterback in place right now. You know, if you're kind of not loving what Justin Fields is doing or you've got Burrow in the fifth round and he's really laying an egg, you don't love what's going on, or maybe you're ready to move off of Josh Allen too, for that matter. You want to solve two issues? Get Daniel Jones. And you won't regret it for at least the next three or four weeks. First of all, he's going to have 50 or 60 rushing yards a game. Now, I will say this. The, the, the Giants are playing the 49ers on Thursday night in San Francisco on the Niners' home opener. So maybe, you know, taper off that. I said last week to pick up Puka Nakua and to not play him against the Niners. Oh, I'm so sorry he went off for like 30 points against the Niners. But if you have Puka Nakua, that's, that's great. You just missed out on having him go off for 30. Uh, but I, I think that strategy, it, we're going to implement that again. Don't pick up Daniel Jones and play him this week against the Niners. Pick him up and then play him the following week, right? Because I think Daniel Jones can rack up points. You saw what he did to Arizona. Obviously, Arizona is not that good. But the fact of the matter is, he can put up numbers through the air. And he definitely can do it on the ground. And now there's no Saquon. So he's probably the RB1 on that team. So think about that if you're in a quarterback conundrum. Um. Okay, we're going to talk about some guys that you're probably getting really sick of now. Uh, I don't think we're ready to say goodbye to these guys, but definitely on your watch list, they're playing peekaboo with scoring, not scoring, not doing anything, showing up. They're on the watch list. Okay, this is, this is, this is, we're going to be preventative care uh, specialists here, and we're going to take precautions going forward with these guys. Don't, Surgically remove them from your team. Definitely don't cut them. If you trade them, well, you have to assess. But these are guys to watch. Keep your eye on these guys. Josh Jacobs. Okay. The dude had negative rushing yards last week. Granted, they played the Bills in the Bills home opener on the road. Jimmy's first game on the road as a Raider. You probably weren't going to be running the ball that much anyways. 
it was going to be a come from behind kind of game and you're not very involved. And uh, honestly, I'm, I'm not crazy about that passing game. And Josh Jacobs definitely been from a lot of checkdowns last year and years before with Derek Carr. And maybe they're not doing that this year with Jimmy. I, maybe they actually trust him to throw down the field. I don't know. But keep your eye on Josh Jacobs. You probably got him pretty high in your draft. Maybe even at the end of the first round, definitely an early second. One of the best running backs in the league last year. One of the highest fantasy scorers for sure. Not living up to the hype in the first two weeks. Don't do anything. Don't panic. Just keep your eye on him. It's okay to be frustrated. We're going to be preventative care specialists here and you know, do what we can to make sure to get ahead of any uh, curves that he may throw our way. Drake London's another guy. This guy is going to be a problem all year, I swear to God. Whenever you play him, he's going to just lay a goose egg. And when you bench him, he's going to put up career numbers. He didn't go off, go off last week. But I know for a fact, you probably drafted him. Maybe he was your second wide receiver taken. He was sitting there in the in the Christian Watsonville near DeAndre Hopkins, maybe near your first tight end. It could have been him or... I don't know, Dallas Goddard or something. You went with Drake London because hell, the guy went off last year, new, new time around this, this year and a, a, a more experienced quarterback Ritter can get going. You figured what the hell easier division. Yeah. I'll take Drake London laid an egg first week. You benched him last week and the dude had a touchdown and seven targets, probably 18 points in PPR leagues, right? Devastated. Okay. He's going to be doing that all year. I don't love this Falcons offense. I don't trust them that much. They do have quite a bit of tools on that team between Bajan Robinson and, and Algier. Like they, they don't have to throw it and they can primarily focus on running the ball and put a heavy emphasis on the ground. But um, yeah, I'm sorry if you have Drake London. I don't know what to tell you. It's other than the fact that it's going to be a week to week thing. I know they're playing Detroit this week. I would say play Drake London. Yeah, roll the dice a little bit. Uh, you know, this doctor's not crazy, crazy confident about it, but, you know, yeah, I would play Drake London and uh, be ready to bench him next week if he does not perform this week. So if he does well this week, you could play him next week. But if he doesn't do well this week, just bench him next week and then get back in this every other week cadence of whatever the hell he's doing. A.J. Brown. This guy, I mean, you probably got him really high up. He was probably your first wide receiver taken. And you're devastated to see that Devonta Smith is apparently taking his job. Targets, down the field, deep bombs, slants, touchdowns, mossing people. Are we looking at a new wide receiver one in Philly? The Slim Reaper? This guy looks like he, he, he should be at middle school right now. Definitely put a backpack on him. He's going to go straight to the ground. But no, he is kicking ass. He is defying the laws of physics. As a doctor, I wouldn't recommend that guy plays football because of his size. You know what he says to that? He says, fuck you. I'm wide receiver one. So, yeah, I'm really sorry if you have A.J. Brown. He's probably not going to get the looks that Devontae Smith is going to get all year. You obviously saw the turmoil displayed on national television. A.J. Brown was getting real frustrated with Jalen Hurts, not because they weren't playing well. They were winning the game. A.J. Brown wants his fucking targets. Fortunately, it doesn't work like that. You can't get open. You can't get open. Teams are going to put 
emphasis on guarding A.J. Brown because he's so dominant, big, strong, fast, great hands, leaving Devontae Smith to be open and in great position to break free from his DB. Guys, uh, I would trade A.J. Brown the next time he has a good game. The next good game he has, trade A.J. Brown. This is Devontae Smith's team. Devontae Smith is going to get anywhere between 6 to 10 targets a week. He doesn't have a ceiling on the yards he gets because he could catch a deep ball at any moment. Touchdowns? Jalen Hurts is probably the RB1 on that team, let's face it. DeAndre Swift had a great game, but Swift is in a committee of running backs. But the receivers, the pecking order, it's Devontae Smith. The little chicken is taking on the rooster, and he's running right by him. So I think the next time A.J. Brown has a big game, trade him. I said it last year, too. I said, Devontae Smith is coming for that job. And everyone's like, trade A.J. Brown? Are you nuts? No, I'm a doctor. All right. Joe Burrow. Oof, you are probably in a world of hurt if you drafted Joe Burrow. You're also probably in a world of hurt if you drafted Joe Burrow as a Bengals fan. Like, that's the worst thing ever, is if you're a fan of a team and you try to orchestrate this team with a ton of players from your team. I'm a Niners guy, right? But I would never sit here and just go, okay, I'm going to go McCaffrey this round, then Debo, then Ayuk, then Kittle, then their defense. I'll take Purdy. Like, that's a mistake. Why? Because that's just not how fantasy football works. It's totally game plans and stuff. The Niners could win a game 10-3, to and I would have 13 points on my fantasy team, but I'd be a happy fan. Because it's another game one. The Bengals are now 0-2. And if you drafted Joe Burrow and you're a Bengals fan, you have a conundrum on your hands. What are you going to do? What's going to happen? Folks, relax. Joe Burrow does this every year. Where he sort of starts off a little slow. He's coming back from an injury. Guy's going to be fine. All right. And... The Bengals technically are the worst team in the AFC North. It's been two weeks. Relax. They lost a pretty good game against Baltimore, who's trying to win a Super Bowl. Like, make no mistake, the AFC is a gauntlet of teams and quarterbacks and MVP potential players that are trying to win Super Bowls. The fucking Chargers are trying to win a Super Bowl. That's the goal. They have... An MVP caliber quarterback, they got a dipshit coach, but they are trying to win a Super Bowl. They're not trying to just go to the playoffs. They want to win a Super Bowl. The Chiefs are trying to win a Super Bowl. The Jaguars want to win a Super Bowl. These guys are all fighting to win a Super Bowl. You can kind of tell when some teams are like, we just want to make some noise. We just want to get, we just want to be a place to play. We're building. That was the Lions three years ago when Dan Campbell did that press conference. We're going to bite a kneecap off. Obviously, you can't ever tell a GM, I don't want to win a Super Bowl this year. I just want to rebuild. But realistically, that's the case with some of these teams in the NFC. There's 10 teams in the AFC that are trying to win a Super Bowl, maybe even more, that realistically can do it. So the fact that the Bengals are 0-2, it doesn't matter. Just make the playoffs. And they will, by the way. They can make the playoffs. They'll figure it out. They'll get in the win column. They'll get back on track. And when they do, Joe Burrow will be in stride. But right now, they're just trying to win a game. So maybe hold off from playing Joe Burrow as your quarterback and go for the fantasy football stat machines. And I got one more guy that 
I know he's probably not a very good quarterback right now, and you probably shouldn't play him if you're trying to, you know, from the perspective of he's, you know, his team's not very good and he's definitely not going to keep the job next year, but he may still be a stat machine. I think he's got one more week in him, one more go around, and then you could think about getting rid of him. It's Justin Fields. I would rather play Justin Fields over Joe Burrow next week because the Bengals' entire game plan is going to change around who they're playing. They just want to win a game because they got to get back on track, and they will. Joe Burrow is going to be just fine three or four weeks. In fact, come week eight, we're not even going to be thinking about the Bengals' first two blunders. We're going to be thinking about what that playoff picture is going to look like with the Bengals in there. The Bears have no shot this year. The Bears are done. That's the truth. Justin Fields is going to do whatever he can to lift this offense and to try to figure it out. But you had to have started 2-0 and for the Bears to have a shot this year. They can't rebound. They're not going to win the division. Between the Packers and the Lions, those are two capable teams. There's already a bunch of other teams that are sort of coming out of the shadows that aren't very good in comparison to, say, the Niners and the Eagles and the Cowboys. But they're going to take the Bears' playoff spot. That's possibly the Saints, the Falcons, hell, maybe even the, the Commanders. Throw the Rams in there. I don't know. I think Justin Fields has one more week. One more week where he could put up stats. They're probably going to lose. They're probably going to lose. They're playing the Chiefs. They're probably going to get fucking clapped. But he's going to get some garbage time stats. Play Justin Fields for one more week and then call it. Say bye-bye. The experiment didn't work. Year three jump was an absolute slip and fall. Scraped his knee on the track. The long jump is done, disqualified. Whatever terminology, analogies you want. Justin Fields, after this week, don't worry about him. Pick up somebody else and go with him for the rest of the year. Sorry if you got him so high. I was really high on him. Obviously, he went pretty early in the draft, considering people thought that he was going to be this God-tier, dual-threat quarterback. He was like the most bet player to win MVP this year. His value was so good, and people would just hammer that MVP bet. The guy's worse than last year. He's got DJ Moore on his team. He's got a very good receiver, and he's miserable. He just can't make reads. I'll tell you, a guy who can make reads, though, and you should definitely pick him up, and I would consider playing him this week and definitely in the weeks to come, Matt Stafford. The guy is purely surgical out there. I saw him with my eyes. I went to SoFi to watch the Niners beat the Rams. And the Rams made me sweat because the guy just completes passes. He did have one bad throw. That was a pick. And obviously there was another pick at the end. That was a tip ball. One pick was definitely Stafford-ish. You know, like Marquis Stafford just throwing into double coverage wrong. But Stafford was surgical. That offense was moving with Puka Nakua of all people. And one big player comes back very soon. His name is Cooper Cup. Between Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, wide receiver one and a rising wide receiver two, those slants and out routes are going to be all day. And of course, Cooper Cup could always break free for a big one. Guys, I think Matt Stafford is trying to do one final hurrah with this team. One last push, one last jump for greatness before he's probably going to call in the next year or two. I think this is the year that you can invest in Matt Stafford like years prior. I mean, he's probably knocking on the door for 300 yards a week. He's going to get a couple touchdowns. They have no running game besides Kyron Williams, 
who is good, by the way. Hopefully you got him in the last couple of weeks. You can definitely say bye-bye to Cam Akers. Jesus Christ. Guy's worthless. I mean, purely worthless. They only run the ball with Kyron now. And when Akers is even in, it's, ugh, it's like a Greek tragedy. So sorry if you drafted him and didn't even know who the hell Kyron Williams was. Nobody's fault. I didn't tell you to go get Cam Akers. It's just Cam Akers did the same thing last year. And some people were like, oh, I guess new Rams season, new life, new hope. No, it's not Cam Akers. You could say goodbye to him. But Matt Stafford would be a great pickup. I believe that. They don't have to play the Niners until week 18 either. And that game may not even matter because the Niners are hopefully already got the one or two seed bubbled in. Um, I think Matt Stafford is going to make a push. I think the Rams are going to give the Niners the most trouble this year as far as pressure. I really don't buy Seattle. I think they caught lightning in a bottle last year. You know, as a doctor, my bedside manner has got to be respectful of all times, but they got fucking lucky last year. Let's face it. I mean, the way that the rest of the NFC West worked is Arizona was dog shit. The Rams fell apart. And they got in what? Didn't Seattle make the playoffs as like nine and eight team? That's like mid, the definition of mid. So yeah. And speaking of mid, the Vikings. You can absolutely say goodbye to Alexander Madison. I mean, he's just not going to be a part of that offense. The only way the Vikings win is if Kirk Cousins pretty much clutches up each week and their defense kind of puts a bottle on this nightmare they're letting out, just running water sewage. It's shitty. It's horrible. Um, I feel really bad for Kirk Cousins. I do. Because he's like leading the NFL in passing and they're 0-2. And he's probably going to have one of his best years, stats-wise, and they're going to have nothing to show for it. And those are two games you could have easily won if your defense didn't completely have diarrhea run down their leg. Not to mention their running game is abysmal. Their line sucks. You could say bye-bye to Alexander Madison and don't look back. Bench him, cut him. It's not like he's going to magically just go off. Yeah, sure, he's going to get a touchdown here or there because why not? But you got him so high. Focus on other players of that tier to play them. Don't gamble with Alexander Madison. It's just not going to work. Guys, I definitely think you should get a Zach Moss of the Colts. Anthony Richardson has a concussion, but that's clearly a run-heavy offense. Um, Gardner Minshew is going to take over. Not crazy confident about Gardner Minshew as a, as a competent thrower all the time. So Moss is definitely getting some touches for the Colts. Another guy I really want you to get, I said it last week, is Nico Collins. The Texans can throw. Okay, this is a defensive-minded coach. D'Amico Ryan's coaching the Texans. They're going to figure out their defense. It's going to take some time. Uh, and so while they're doing that, Texans are going to be down a lot. They're going to be coming from behind a lot. And Stroud is more capable than Justin Fields is. I know they're both Ohio State products, but Stroud can actually read a defense. You know how like I can like figure out which muscle is the ACL or, or fuck the tendon or whatever. Oh, fuck, I... There goes my degree. <laughs> Whatever tendons I'm, I'm operating on, well, I feel like that's an easy read for me to make with my uh, with my medical school background. Justin Fields can't make a read. Stroud can make a read. Justin Fields benefited from an absolute behemoth of an offense at Ohio State. You know, he was always throwing to the open guy, or there was a certain play design that like Olave or Harrison were going to get open because they were just elite route runners going against someone 
from the University of Minnesota who is majoring in computer science was not going to the NFL, right? This is the NFL. The play calling has sort of leveled out. I mentioned this last week. It's a land of freak show athletes and brilliant football players. If you can't make a read, you you can't run an offense in the NFL. There's no longer, I'm going to throw to the guy who is supposed to be open. No, no one's supposed to get open anymore. It's a war. But Nico Collins will benefit because CJ Stroud can make a read. Robert Woods and Nico Collins are going to get yards this year, I swear. Um, okay, I think that's it. I, I listed some guys I think you should get. Nico Collins, Zach Moss. Pick up Daniel Jones. If you are in trouble with quarterback and running back, it may solve two problems. Well, not technically on your roster because there's still a hole for running back, but you know what I mean. If you, if you don't have a good quarterback, I would probably get Daniel Jones um, because he can run. Maybe he's the RB1 in, in the New York Giants now. Jerome Ford, good guy to get. Um, these are all the prescriptions today. Remember, take them take wisely. Uh, if you have Puka Nakua from last week, you would know that I said play him from here on out. That is... That is, I mean, that is about as a written prescription as it gets. Puka Nakua is the guy in LA until Cooper Cups get until Cooper Cup gets back. Jesus can't fucking say that, right? Um, and when he's back, Puka Nakua will still get targets. Uh, thank you for tuning in to Dr. PPR. This has been Tuesday prescription day. Uh, kind of a lighter day, obviously. Um, I want to get through these quicker. Uh, make be sure to subscribe to the podcast if these are helpful. You can always DM No Filter Net on Instagram or DM HS Marking. That's me. And uh, one more thing is, you know, we'll see you Friday if you wanna wanna make some money. I have some pretty good locks from last week. We're uh, I think we're doing okay. I also gave out some really bad advice. You can kind of pick and choose, but remember, kids and adults, whoever sees me, eat your vegetables, get plenty of rest, and always trust your doctor. We'll see you next time on Dr. PPR.